Hello and welcome to our Secular Overeaters podcast series, where you'll hear from speakers who have found recovery from food and other addictions without God. For additional information, go to secularovereaters.org. And now let's get to today's podcast. Welcome to the Comparative 12 Step Study Group. My name is Melissa. I'm a sugar addict and a compulsive overeater and the discussion facilitator for today. The purpose of this group is to discuss the 12 steps, one at each meeting, and to share our personal experience with a step or anything related to the theme of the step. Many of us are inspired by the 12-step approach, but find that some of the original language and concepts don't fit with our personal beliefs. During this meeting, we will read several different interpretations of the steps and discuss, as varied individuals, what makes sense to us and what helps us recover. As always, please take what you like and leave the rest. We'll start by reading the Overeaters Anonymous Agnostic 12 Steps. Please read a step or two and pass to the next person. We admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe and to accept that we needed strengths beyond our awareness and resources to restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to entrust our will and our lives to the care of the collective wisdom and resources of those who have searched for us. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to ourselves without reservation and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're made ready to accept help in letting go of all of our defects of character. Step seven, with humility and openness sought to eliminate our our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through meditation to improve our spiritual awareness and our understanding of the OA way of life and to discover the power to carry out that way of life. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, everyone. This month, we will be discussing step 12. We will be reading six versions of the step, the OA traditional, OA agnostic, Cleveland atheist, humanist, SOS secular organization for sobriety, and Buddhist. These are found in Roger C.'s book, The Little Book, a collection of alternative 12 steps. Please take a turn reading a version. I can start. Traditional and free thinker, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Buddhist, having gained spiritual insight as a result of these steps, we practice these principles in all areas of our lives and make this message available to others in need of recovery. Cleveland, practice the principles of these steps in all our affairs and carry the 12-step message to others. Humanist, we, in turn, are ready to help others who may come to us in the same way. SOS, with newfound acceptance and insight, I will try to keep awareness and compassion for others and myself in the forefront. Okay, thanks, everyone. We are now open for discussion about the steps. 
What does step 12 mean to you? And what are your impressions of the different interpretations we just read? Hi, I'm Jenny, compulsive eater and sugar addict. And I've got little dogs growling in the background. Sorry. Um, <laughs> little dogs? Little dogs. <laughs> I still don't really feel like I've had this spiritual awakening that they talk about, but I do feel like I have gotten more self-awareness Um, especially around like my character defaults. And I feel like, you know, with the holidays coming on and my son's coming back from college and I don't really want to slip into that old, like mother knows best, like bossy attitude. So um, it's just good after having worked the steps to kind of have that in the forefront, you know, of my mind. But as far as like carrying the message, I just feel like it's, I hear a lot of people in my life say, you know, oh, I'm in OA and I've got like, you know, siblings and children and grandchildren that are all like chubbing up or whatever, or they seem to have an eating disorder. And I just, my experience is that I just isn't going to help to like sit down and like, you know, proselytize about OA, but I definitely have talked about it. My sister has a similar body as mine and similar behaviors around food. And she's had, like a, you know, bypass surgery, and she's gained <clears throat> all the weight back, um, you know, because she never dealt with her compulsive eating. And I mean, I've just like, you know, talked to her that I go to these meetings, but I don't go into it in depth, because I would have been turned off. You know, I, it's like, when I was ready to hear that OA was right for me, I had to be at the very bottom of desperation. I mean, I was just like, at the very, very, very worst place ever to be open to the message um, of coming into OA. And I just think that maybe it even works better that way because when you're so desperate, then you're ready to like try something new. So I do let people know that I'm in OA, but I don't proselytize really. And I mean, I don't really have a favorite of any of these steps. I mean, that these versions, I really, you know, to humanists, we are ready to help others who may come to us in the same way. I mean, I just, it's kind of like if somebody asked me, wow, I heard you're in OA. Can you tell me about it? Totally would be there with talking, but um, not, not really putting up an OA sign on my front yard or anything. Thank you. Um, so um, I agree with what Jenny said. I don't really proselytize, by the way, but if someone actively asks me for advice on what to do with their overeating or if they have eating disorder behavior like I do, first of all, let me re- let me restart. Compulsive overeater, binger, sugar addict, and recovering bulimic. So anyone with any kind of eating disorder, you know, talks to me about um, their experience. I... What I've been trying to do is, even though my knee-jerk reaction is to always offer advice, I'm, I'm, I ask the person, do you want advice or, or do you want support? Like, um, do you want to vent? And if they do want advice, then I, then I tell them about my experience with the way, but I try not to sound like a cult or, or proselytizing about it. I try to say, it's helped me and here's how, and it's helped me become a better person. However, you know, take it or leave it. It's up to you. I, I did have one such friend who I suggested to. She joined a meeting and she liked it a lot. I haven't seen her at any meetings ever since that one, though. But she said she's been having scheduling issues. So, so yeah, you know, I, I have I've, I've talked to people about it, but 
again, it's like what Jenny says, you know, and I guess that's all I have to say. Hi, this is Patricia from Pasta Theater from Upper Michigan. I guess, you know, of, of all the versions that are listed here, I would choose closest to the Buddhist uh, because to me, step, I like the having gained spiritual insight, not having had a spiritual awakening. I guess uh, that, you know, I probably have had a number of spiritual awakenings around different issues in my, in my life. But um, I like the, the way that's put of gaining spiritual insight, because I think I continue to, to do that um, um, as a result of these steps. But I also um, uh, really have always um, liked the idea in, 12, in, in the 12th step of practicing these principles in all areas of our lives, as the, as the Buddhist uh, says. And that isn't in some of the other versions here. But, um, and I'm, I'm not always sure. I guess I, I have an idea what that means. Um, to me, it means being honest. It means trying to um, have empathy for, for other people, wherever they may be. Um, and that, to me, is a very important part of my 12-step of my program. So, so the Buddhist one here really still gets at both of those, those issues in ways that um, I don't often talk specifically to people about uh, OA unless they ask. And I don't know if anybody, even my closest friends who would know that I am an OA, have ever asked. Um, but I, I certainly would. But um, sometimes I talk to people in general about eating as an as a addiction. And um, if they seem to relate to that, then I might mention, and I, I have mentioned to a number of people, because I just came into secular OA in July. And so when I've told people I'm going back, I've gone back to, um, to meetings, I will mention the secular meetings because uh, for a number of people I know, um, they, that has been a, an issue for them. But, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Good to be here today. Hi, everybody. My name is Ashley, compulsive overeater, working a secular program. It's a kind of uh, interesting for me. I, I am just starting to work step 12 for the first time. And um, I stayed in step 11 for a while because I really need more practice in um, being quiet and having that, uh, allowing my inner self to have a voice. But I'm finally, finally ready for step 12. So and, and step 12 hasn't been easy. Um, just experiencing my life in program for the last couple of years, I've actually had people say, well, have you tried, you know, insert latest pay and way here? And I'm like, um, no, but I'm in OA now. Well, this insert pay and way here is great. And it works on psychological principles and blah, blah. And I'm like, well, maybe you should try it. Well, I am in it. <laughs> They're trying to tell me they think I should be in it. I'm like, well, I hope it's really working out for you. For me, I need more support because I'm not normal. I'm not a normal eater. I never will be. 
Then there's the part that resonates with me um, is really the the Buddhist uh, version because of the carrying the message. And um, like others here, I do not proselytize. But my job, as I see it, as an OA member, is to show up to meetings, especially traditional meetings. I have a traditional home meeting where I first got abstinent and um, be that tiny beacon for others who already are in, have come to the room, newcomers especially, who, who could be on the path to a secular program if the option was presented to them. And so um, it's interesting, my home group just voted to not, not um, allow any of the sponsors when they identify to say anything about their program that happened after I became a sponsor and started saying, and it was Ashley, blah, blah, I work a secular program, my number's in the chat. And so now I have to be the beacon by just sharing and making sure that I intimate that I get through this without God in my shares. So, um, because I know lots of people have walked away from the traditional program and are now very, very ill because nobody was the beacon. So thanks for letting me share. I am Marlene. I'm a compulsive overeater and I am really glad we're having this discussion. Um, I myself, uh, when it comes to the steps, have definitely been turned away by certain verbiage as a lot of us had or have. And for me, I always get tripped up on the word spiritual because I, when I think of spiritual, I think of religious. And then I've looked up definitions for both. And only when I look up the definition of spiritual, am I okay with it? But there's like a bunch of different definitions in here even one that is relating to a religious or sp- spiritual belief. So I'm going to go with the one from HuffPost, which might not be the most, uh, the best resource for the definition of spiritual, but they have um, being, being a spiritual person is synonymous with being a person whose highest priority is to be loving to yourself and others. I can go with that. Um, my highest priority now is to be loving to myself. Um, and to also show the love for others. I've always mostly focused on showing love to others before myself. Um, so with that in mind, uh, for step 12, I would kind of combine the Buddhist with the humanist. Um, so having gained spiritual insight as a result of these steps, we practice these principles in all our lives and are in turn ready to help others who may come to us in the same way. I do try to live my life in a way now that uh, does show love to myself and others. Um, I'm more thoughtful. And as many have already said, I, I don't proselytize, though. I If someone asks, what have you been doing? Uh, I'll tell them. Um, and sometimes they've asked for more information. And if they do, then I, I offer to them the different meetings that I go to. And I talk about secular uh, OA and... Uh, that's what I've been doing. Uh, thanks for letting me share. Hi, I'm Barbara, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, I was really uh, moved by the humanist. We, in turn, are ready to help others who may come to us in the same way. 
And I really found this true when I found the secular site for the first time, even though I had worked the 12 steps, I was very hesitant about sponsoring. And I think the problem was because I don't have a belief in God, it was like, how am I going to sponsor somebody that, you know, um, is, doesn't sort of think the same way I do. And I know a lot of people do. Um, and it's possible I might be able to in the future. But when I found the secular site, I was approached by somebody um, who was also, you know, wanted a sponsor who was, she was secular. She wanted a sponsor who was secular. And that totally made me want to sponsor her. I was so grateful that she had called me and now she is my sponsee. And um, it, it's really wonderful because I'm working the steps again with her, but we use the alternative 12 steps so often. Um, we find that, you know, for both of us, and when I worked the steps, I was doing the traditional, you know, traditional God-centered steps. Now we're using the alternative 12 steps and it's like a discovery for me too. It's like I'm working them again with her, which is wonderful. It really is. Um, as far as my, you know, keeping my anonymity about being in OA, I certainly don't proselytize, but I do let my family know. My family all knows I'm in OA. My close friends all know I'm in OA, but I don't really um, share it with the larger community, like the people that I see at work. I don't because um, I don't want to get in, you know, they might not need it. They don't really need to know, you know, that's something for me that I think is personal and it's my choice to share if I want to or not, um, which I do, you know, but for me, when I share that I am an OA and how it has changed my life, for me, it's like I'm giving a gift to this person that I trust them enough, that I feel close enough to open myself up this way. and. Um, that, that means a lot to me. So I'm so glad that we're, you know, that we're having the discussion today on the 12th step. And thank you. Good morning, everybody. I'm Kathy. I'm a compulsive overeater and a sugar addict. One of the greatest gifts of this program is learning how to face problems such as overeating honestly and just right up front. And um, I come from a family of addicts and I hear my alcoholic sister complain about my drug addicted brother who doesn't take responsibility for himself when she has never taken responsibility for herself. And it is very hard not to say, take a good look at yourself, go get some help because that's not conducive to any kind of a relationship. You immediately shut down when somebody tells you what to do. So I just try in my family situation to say, this is what I've done and this is really helping me with my issues. Um, but uh, as Jenny said, you are absolutely not ready to hear any message at all unless you're so desperate that you're clinging to any lifeline. So when people come to me um, and, and and ask, 
you know, how I lost the weight and what did I do? Um, I, I tell them the first thing I did is that I don't eat sugar anymore. And um, sometimes they walk away just from that saying I could never do that. And then they disappear. But, um, I, you know, it's tough to find the space to say I, I gave it up and mostly I don't miss it. I only occasionally miss it instead of want it every single day. Um, but I have had some in-depth conversations about OA uh, with other people who seem willing to stay and want to talk to me more about how I lost the weight, where they originally met me and where I am now and where I've been for the last couple of years. And that makes me feel good that somebody might get that message, might try it, it might work for them. And I especially like it when they say there's too much God in there. Well, let me tell you about secular OA. <laughs> and Ashley, I'm so sorry you had that experience. I did in my home meeting too. Anytime I shared something about this is what I do, and because I don't believe in God, I believe it's all up to me. The next three or four or five shares will be all about how God helps them on this journey. And, and it's not... It's not meant, I don't think, to be as oppressive as not allowing a secular sponsor to say I'm secular. But it, it was, uh, well, let's put her in her place and see if we can just bring her up to our level kind of thing. So I, I admire you for sticking it out in those meetings, but I, I am done. I, I am done with traditional meetings. I just, I can't do it anymore. Um, so there, there's a line from a Stephen King movie where he talks about a character as being cruelly fat. And I think it is cruel. Life is cruel when you are a fat person. It's, it is terrible. So anything that we can do as gently as possible to help another sufferer find what we find in these rooms I'll, I'll do anything I can to do that because having been a cruelly fat person, I really like life a whole lot better now. And that's the message that I'd like to be able to get across to other people who are still in the throes of this disease and just struggling horribly. So it's so wonderful that we're all here to support each other in our journey. So thank you. Good morning. Oh, afternoon. Hi. Um, I'm Maria, I'm a compulsive overeater, and for those of you who know me, you think, why is she going to talk on step 12? She's barely out of step one. Um, but um, <clears throat> I actually want to, uh, well, one, I want to cry um, in reaction to what um, Kathy was just saying, um, and uh, it was just really great to hear you. Um, but um, I actually want to give a kind of a validation, because the first person I spoke to when I decided mm -hmm. that I was going to do this thing away um, and being really afraid of these 12 steps that talked about God all the time. Um, as I talked to someone who did an outreach call to me from the, from the, uh, the office, whatever. And um, I said that I was, you know, I was going to need to find a sponsor and um, resources that uh, could respect and honor that I'm, you know, an atheist. And the person said to me, you can't work this program if you're not willing to um, do this God thing. And um, 
it like really turned me off, needless to say. Um, and um, <clears throat> it, 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 and so it's really mattered. It's really, it's mattered that there's something else besides that. Um, I, I, and it's kind of ironic because I actually go to a church. Uh, I'm a Unitarian Universalist and technically we're supposed to like find the value of all the you know, major religions, um, which I definitely struggle with. But, um, <clears throat> but this idea that I had to like kind of come to this uh, religious awakening or something um, really turned me off. Um, I wouldn't have come back. I really, if I hadn't found secular, I would not have come back. Um, and it's really mattered a lot um, to not feel like I'm crazy because I don't believe in something, um, uh, something else. So um, anyway, just to validate the messages that you've all um, given, it really matters that you're there and that you are sharing your secular um, recovery. Thank you. And I will jump in to say that the version uh, that meant the most to me was the SOS, the Secular Organization for Sobriety. With the newfound acceptance and insight, I will try to keep awareness and compassion for others and myself in the forefront. The reason that speaks to me so deeply was that I have definitely found a sense of acceptance for my issues, the way my brain thinks about food in a way. And... um, I have found so many insights as to why that is and the neural pathways and the habit loops in my brain that drive me to those behaviors. And then finally, to have compassion for myself and to have compassion for others about that and be able to... um, Maybe not spread the word in the sense that, you know, like, hey, I'm in a way, but to have that connection with others and have compassion for others and have those deep discussions with others about food um, has been what's helped me a lot um, to have those connections. Um, I just one thing I wanted to I'm double dipping mention is just how important being a sponsor in OA is for, you know, carrying the message and doing step 12. And some people, you know, we've all kind of touched a little bit on that, but it's, if we don't have people here to sponsor us that can help us figure out how to make this program work for us, you know, we're going to fail. And so um, I just am making like a pitch for people to be sponsors and even maybe a temporary sponsor, you know, work with people on steps one through three, after you've gotten to, step five or something like that, you know, it's just really, we just from hearing what people said today, it's so important to find people who can help us. And I think that that's like one of the biggest things that we can do to, you know, promote step 12 is to work with people who already are here and need our help and want our help. We will now take turns reading the interpretations of step 12 and then share our thoughts. I'll start us out. Alan Berger, we develop a new purpose to our life that is not about us. We discover the importance of being of value to others, and we learn that we need to maintain our integrity in all our affairs. Stephanie Covington, 
With recovery, this can mean that we offer a straightforward explanation of the 12 steps, as well as our own personal experience, how we reworked, translated, revisited, or otherwise molded the steps until they were relevant to us. We all have more to offer than the party line and the by the book recitation of the steps. We can share our story any way we like. Gabor Mate. Carrying the message to others means manifesting the principles of integrity, truth, sobriety, and compassion in our lives. It may call for providing support and leadership when appropriate and welcome, but it does not mean prophetizing on behalf of any program, group, or set of beliefs. Raines Jacob Stort. Through the 12-step program, we cross over to a new way of living. We awaken to freedom from cravings, shallow desires, and clinging to what we cannot change. We can live the way of kindness in the world, in all our affairs, and let our true face shine. Okay, thank you, everyone. Now we'll take time, take time to have a discussion about these interpretations. So what resonates with you about the different interpretations? Hi, Kathy. Uh, the Teresa Jacob Stewart one, um, how lovely if we really were completely free of all um, compulsions, completely free of shallow desires. That is the aspiration. Um, I, I don't know. It sounds kind of like perfection to me. So perhaps we should just strive to get towards it rather than uh, believe that we might make it completely, but um, that's the one that resonated with me this morning, first of all, is that let's try and get there. Let's do our best to get there. Thanks. Thanks, Kathy. I will jump in and say I liked the Gabor Mate one about carrying the message to others means manifesting the principles of integrity, truth, sobriety, and compassion in our lives. So that, and I agree that proselytizing does does nothing for anybody, but manifesting how we interpret these steps and how we've made them a part of us has been really helpful. Hi, Marlene, compulsive overeater. I'm really appreciating the Stephanie Covington one. Now that I've read the Therese Jacob Stewart one, uh, I do agree. I think it was with, with Kathy that uh, in the Jacob Stewart interpretation, when it talks about us being awakened from the freedoms of cravings, shallow desires, and clinging to what we cannot change, that to me does, it, it reminds me of the um, AA promises. And I don't really like anything that's going to promise me anything. Um so, and things like this, like the promises or the trust Jacob Stewart are the reasons why I've always said, I'm never going to sponsor an OA because I don't think I'll ever be rid of these cravings. Um, it's just not the same for me with, with the overeating as it has been with other substances. So things like the promises and things that are t- telling me that I will be free from cravings are what scare me and make me not want to be a sponsor. But then when I read things like Gabor Mate's or Stephanie Covington, the Stephanie Covington is very straightforward. And it's like, I can do that. It's like, she's saying it's, it'll be offering a straightforward explanation of the 12 steps. I can totally do that. 
as well as our own experiences of how we reworked, translated, revised, or otherwise molded the steps until they were relevant to us. I can definitely do that. And that makes me, uh, that makes sponsorship more enticing to me. Um, And so I really do wish that things weren't promised. Maybe your promises work for other people, but they don't work for me, Um, especially when it comes to the overeating, because when it comes to overeating, I associate promises with diet industry. Like you will lose all this weight if you do this or that or the other. And this is like, you will be rid of cravings if you follow these steps. So I'm appreciating Stephanie Covington's interpretation and Gabor Mate's uh, version for, for that. Um, I also appreciated Stephanie Covington's piece. I think Marlene summed up the first part very well, and I agree with that. But I also like what she says about we have we all have more to offer than the party line and a by the book recitation of the steps. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is like what is so heinous and hard for me, like when I am, you know, reading OA literature, it's, you know, if you want to get rid of your cravings, we suggest that you get on your knees and pray to God. I mean, this is just like crazy. I'm sorry to offend people, but crap, you know, it's just not going to work for me. And, and I feel like at not all traditional meetings, but a, a fair amount. And there are very traditional people who are just like, you know, you read the big book and you're going to, that's going to be your path to being cured. And I think that there's a lot of wisdom in the big book and, you know, there's just, there's a lot of interesting stuff in there, but for me, it's not teaching me how to recover as a person who doesn't believe in God. Pass. Any other thoughts about the interpretations? I want to put a plug in for the proactive 12 steps, which I have recently come across and, and really like. Um, his The proactive step 12 is, my life reflects a growing sense of respect and compassion for myself and others. I share this process with others who are struggling. And then he continues on. And so it is that greater understanding of your vulnerabilities makes it possible to connect more with other people. Connecting to others who are willing to face their vulnerabilities helps us as well also. And I like all of the proactive 12 steps, but I looked that one up last night to in preparation for this uh, step 12. Uh, Johnny, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I do not have it in front of me, but I just want to make one more um, one more yay for Stephanie Covington's interpretation. I think not only the part about making it uh, relevant to yourself and doing what you need to in terms of understanding of the step for that to help you is really powerful because if I've learned anything from OA, it is that we all have some things in common and some differences. And it makes sense to me that uh, becoming more mindful of ourselves and being really honest about who we are and what our default behaviors are and how our thoughts work, that's the real power of OA for me. And I think that Stephanie Covington's interpretation most captures how that can not only help us with this particular problem, but give us tools to bring to other areas of our lives too. So I'm not sure I'm um, saying exactly what I want to say here, but, but uh, I really appreciated that interpretation. Um, thanks. 
Hi, um, this is Patricia again. Um, I, I liked all the interpretations, but I guess um, a, a piece of it that really kind of jumped out to me was the, I can't pronounce it, Gabor Mate, is that the right way to say the name, is carrying the message to others means manifesting the principles of integrity, truth, sobriety, and compassion in our lives. And, and um, as I was reading that, I was really going back many, many years in my life um, um, when I was, my first exposure to, to 12 steps was through uh, a family member's recovery, but um, it just, uh, you know, that it really didn't mean anything to me except that I was grateful that, that he was, um, that he was in recovery from alcoholism. But um, I began to work at one point in the addiction field and um as a professional and um, and the first one of the first people that I was really was involved with through my work was someone who was recovering actually in AA but and and he just really personified these principles of integrity truth sobriety and compassion and um, was really eventually through him and and others you know I I realized that there was a 12-step program for me as a family member, but that's that's what I try to do. I don't know that I that I do I, I want to do it better, but it's really through the way I live my life um, that that people will see that uh, there's something that I do in my life that helps me portray myself and act in those ways, and uh, and that that's for me, an important part of trying to work a 12-step. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Um, I'm on, I've been doing the steps on my own. I'm on step seven or eight right now. Well, I've actually been doing them with a sponsor, but things just aren't working out. Anyways, I wanted to um, say that I also like the Gabor Mate one, and I like the Stephanie uh, Covington one as well. But what really stands out to me about the about the Gabor Mate is that OA isn't just a tool for for um, getting over our addiction. It's also a tool for for treating the underlying behaviors and thought patterns, and it's it's a tool for becoming a better person. I mean, that's why we do the inventory, right? That's why we we make a list of people who we've who we've harmed and make amends to. And I think the Gabor Mate really hits that kind of on the head about how you know, we, we bring this message to others by practicing it in our lives. And that's all I have to say. I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. Um, so that's all the time we have for today. Thank you all for participating in this group. Together, we get better. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to support our efforts, please visit secularovereaters.org and consider making a donation. Thank you.